Uh, do we have Chad Livingood on our line? Chad, good good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning, Nolan. What are you doing on this cold morning, Chad? Well, just making my way to work right now, but, um, uh, you know, there's uh, a lot of some news happening um, on different fronts. Um, my column this week uh, kind of looked, dug into Gretchen Whitmer's road funding plan. Uh, because yeah, we had her on the are, show last week. Fix the damn roads, Chad. You like the sound great, of that. Catchy, I like the, the sound of that. Now, do you like the sound of this one? Get out your damn credit card. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and that's what that's what our point was when we talked to her last week. It was, well, I'm going to go to the legislature with a three billion dollar budget plan, or three billion dollars in the budget for the roads, right and the we chair. kept asking her, "Where are you going to get the money?" And she hinted around at fees, but she never would say how much of a gas tax that might take or how much increase in registration fee. She did mention bonding it out. Uh, do we have that sort of room uh, to bond out $3 billion in in road funding? And if we do, how do we pay those bonds off? Well, it's, it's, a, little, it's a little more complicated, and there's a lot more bonding she's envisioning, actually. Mm-hmm. It's $2 billion in bonding, and the leverage, um, leverage in quotes, um, a billion dollars in additional funds from the federal government matching funds, Local funds, even private uh, funds. It's very vague about how you get the last billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but uh, two billion a year for ten years is what she is envisioning for this infrastructure bank. I talked with her and also with uh, Jay Rising, the former state treasurer in the first uh, term of Jennifer Granholm, and he he detailed that uh, basically you would you'd have to go to. Uh, to the bond market uh, every year um, and borrow $2 billion. Can we do that? I mean, do we we have have, that sort of room? We, 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 most people would say you you do. Yeah. Um, $20 billion in new debt. uh, $20 billion. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Governor Snyder likes to say that uh, because of the debt pay down that he has, uh, um, he has uh, you know, uh, done that. That by 2038, um, Michigan will be debt-free uh, as a state, as, as terms of long-term liabilities. Um, but that basically envisions taking on no new debt. Yeah. And and and, uh, and and Whitmer here is is arguing that it is time to to do something bigger and bolder because just pay as you go for the roads is a strategy that is. Is what we see right now. Uh, we have, yeah. we've been pay as you go for for a decade now, and it's not uh, really um, keeping up as you go, basically. So, what's the downside of her plan? What's wrong with borrowing uh, twenty million, twenty million tw- bucks? Twenty billion. 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 Uh, yeah. Um, the 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 well, the downside is you pass along this debt to the next generation. Now, um, you have to also come up with money to to pay it off. Yeah, you, you have, have to service back. those bonds. What would that cost? And that's money that would have to come either from raising fees or come out of the general fund, right? She's not, and she's definitely not denying that there's going to have to be some tax or fee increase of some sort. User fees is the term we like to use, Nolan, um, you know, which is another term for a gas tax increase. Yeah, um, which I've advocated and, for. I mean, I'm no, I don't falter for that. I think we do well, need to raise the gas tax. 
and the, and the gas tax went up seven cents a gallon last January. Did anybody really notice it? No. Um, no. Uh, if, if the legislature had tripled that, you know, it might have been felt a little more. But but, um, but maybe but, not. I mean, we'd still be, you know, reasonably priced under three dollars a gallon in our gasoline, and we might be getting some roads fixed. We'd have a lot more money front loaded, other than the, versus this plan we have now, which won't be fully funded in. Until 2021. I mean, uh, Gretchen Whitmer seems to be signaling if she becomes governor, she is going to, uh, to take on basically rewriting this this 2015 road funding plan and do and tearing it up and doing something different. Um, and that and she said that if the legislature doesn't doesn't go along, she'll take it to the voters and put a big bond issue on on the ballot. That seems like the nuclear option. Um, but yeah, but Snyder is, tried that. Well, he tried. He tried to. He tried to a gas uh, one cent. Uh, one cent sales tax increase. Oh yes, right. that was that. That to get Gretchen Whitmer's vote was a Christmas tree of of favors that uh, included more money for schools and and cities and and an ad, education adequacy study. Nothing things that had nothing to do with. So they with fixing the, the when road. Snyder proposed it, they had to buy her vote. She wasn't on. You know, she wasn't on board until. Uh, she got all these other goodies. Uh, well, that's your term, not mine. But uh, yeah, she she you know she wanted that she voted for for Randy Richardville's gas tax increase. I mean, Richardville wanted a twenty one twenty three cent increase, and she voted for that. But it you know it it didn't uh, it didn't pass the Senate by yeah. a couple of votes, and it and it wouldn't have passed the House uh, that year. Uh, under Jace Bolger's leadership. So uh, it's, it, um, you know, th- they've tried that. So, yeah, she's got this plan. She's putting it out. She's calling it a serious plan. Um, she's trying to stake out this issue um, to contra- contrast herself to, if, she, if she's the nominee, contrast herself to the eventual Republican nominee. And that's going to be probably either Bill Shooty or Brian Kelly. And Brian Kelly will have to own and live up to uh, to the Snyder uh, record on this and um, and Bill Shooty well we don't know really Bill Bill Shooty stands on this subject right now. Uh, let's hear. Let's take a quick call from John. John, thanks for calling this morning. Yes, good morning. Yes, before uh, Gretchen Whitmire before she pulls out her tax increase plan for the roads, I would like to ask her: Is she willing to roll back the Jennifer uh, Granholm's tax shift on our property? Okay. Well, We'll that, ask that her that us. next time she's on the show, John. Sure, thank you. Okay. Hey, so, Chad, um, when you look at the way uh, the political year is shaping up in Michigan, I know this is something you've paid a lot of t- attention to over the years. Uh, how vulnerable are the Republican majorities in the legislature? Forget about governor and all those other races. Let's look at where... Uh, uh, where the, where the Republican majority stand in the legislature, could they lose one or both of the chambers? I think it's um, very possible they could they could lose the House, um, especially if there's a a, a um, Democratic wave. The Senate um, they're a lot stronger. They got a much bigger majority there. Um, it would be it would take um, a, you know a serious reckoning uh, by the voters to mm-hmm. to topple a 27 uh, Republican majority uh, in the Senate. Uh, it, it's just it, it's just 
it, it, it's, it's hard to imagine, especially the way some of the boundaries are drawn. Uh, there's only so many swing districts. Um, uh, there's one in Macomb County. I think that'll be uh, Tory Rocket's uh, district in the Warren Sterling Heights area. I think that'll be a hot one uh, okay. that the, the Democrats might be able to win back. And there's one in Saginaw County. There's one in Kalamazoo County. Um, but and those are battleground areas. Uh, Saginaw, Kalamazoo, Macomb County uh, are traditional battlegrounds. There'll be battlegrounds in the governor's race. Um, it'll, it'll all depend on on, on turnout and Democratic, uh, you know, um, enthusiasm uh, for the top of the ticket and some of these subjects that uh, might turn people out. That's why, I mean, you, your your column last week about uh, calling on the Republicans just to go ahead and pass marijuana uh, legalization, that, that doesn't seem out of the realm of possibilities. Um, because no, because you, they, you know, they've got to do everything they can to keep Democratic voters at home, right? Yeah, and they did that in 2014, you'll recall. They passed uh, a minimum wage increase um, in the spring of 2014, and it uh, was designed to try to tamp down uh, Democratic turnout uh, for Mark Schauer in the governor's race. That did and, in 2006 uh, and, as well. I mean, they, this is not it's something, been done before. This is not something they're adverse to doing. I mean, when uh, you know when the, when they fear. Uh, they're going to get spanked by the voters. And I have no idea how to read this election in Michigan. I know that everybody misread it in 2016, and I'm not sure we're not making some of the same mistakes we did then. Uh, well, listening too much to polls and not enough to what what voters are saying. But, I mean, I, th- I think people expect some Republican losses. What is the majority in the state house? How big is that? Um, I'm drawing a blank on Alan. It, it's, I mean, it's 110 House members, uh, and the, the Republicans have a 10-seat uh, spread, I believe. I mean, okay. if they have a, so, they've had a safe majority in the, in the mid-60s for um, uh, low to mid-60s for a couple uh, of cycles now, and so it's it's um, it, 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 it's more vulnerable because there's so many yeah. open seats. I mean, literally um, uh, a third of the a third of the House seats are open. And then there's a half dozen or more members who are, are giving up their seats or giving up uh, second or third terms to run for the Senate in the, you know, the ongoing uh, term limit sweepstakes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and so uh, there's a lot of turnover coming um, to the legislature in general. Two-thirds of the Senate is, is, uh, is turning over in term limits this year. So uh, you, you're just, you have a, uh, you know, a changing landscape. And, uh, you know, aggressive candidates uh, who are out, you know, knocking doors this week, you know, that might that might pay dividends in November. Uh, Chad Livingood, what's going on in the city of Detroit? Well, I got a, a story this week on the, on the cover of Cranes that um, features a company that a lot of people probably haven't heard of. It's called Ideal Group. Uh, they're based in southwest uh, Detroit over on Park Avenue in the old, uh, on the side of the old Cadillac plant. Um, uh, there's a company that uh, they've, they have, they're sort of multifaceted uh, business, very involved in the community in southwest uh, founded by Frank Venegas uh, in the mid '90s, oh, yeah. uh, Frank Venegas came down there with four, uh, with three other um, uh, Hispanic businessmen, and and took over a portion of that old of that old factory after it was closed down in uh, right before Christmas of 1987. Um, and kind of an interesting story. This guy uh, he he won a raffle uh, for for a 1978 um, 
uh, Cadillac Coupe de Ville uh, in, when he li- lived out in Livingston County in 1979. And he took the money and um, he, he sold the car. Um, mm-hmm. and he sold the car. And then uh, some 16 years later, he, he bought the plant that uh, the car was built in. Um, and he moved his steel fabrication and uh, bumper post or bollard uh, uh, company into there. Uh, they make a lot of, um, uh, of, of these plastic uh, sleeved um, bumper posts you see at McDonald's, oh, yes. Huntington Bank, CVS. Yeah, Costco. like barriers, right? Like at McDonald's and. Yeah, right. right up against the building. Uh, yeah, they got the little a little um, uh, M on them, and so um, th- this company they made they've made two point eight million um, b- uh, these of these posts uh, ever since they moved to Detroit in the mid nineties, um, and uh, they've also expanded into um, others like steel construction. They started a construction firm with Barton Mallow, um, the the uh, company, the big construction giant out of Southfield. Basically went in as a as a as a minority owner at forty nine percent and um, mostly to be able to get um, jobs from Ford Motor Company uh, that they wanted Ford wanted uh, uh, minority owned uh, businesses uh, for construction services and just this year uh, Frank Venegas bought out Barton Mallow um, and 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 has, and has you know built this into a three hundred fifty million dollar a year enterprise a pretty a pretty sprawling uh, complex. Uh, uh, with a uh, big distribution network for the bollards all around the, the country. You've been and, down there, uh, Andre? No, I haven't, but I was reading this article last night uh, in Cranes from, from Chad. And, you know, this is a pretty cool Detroit story. I mean, Detroit business story uh, that we have um, this entrepreneur who has really um, made a fond success um, in, in business for himself. Yeah, I mean, and he, as Frank said to me, you know, um, I came down here in the mid-90s. Nobody wanted to be in southwest Detroit at the time. Uh, and, and as he put it, uh, there was no Dan Gilbert. There was no CompuWare. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, we we, we always you know, talk about, you know, and sort of regal, you know, um, the Mike Elliches and Dan Gilberts and Pete Carmanos's who came downtown. But people, but but businessmen who came and businesswomen who came into the into the neighborhoods uh, and set up, especially in a place like this that was a polluted old factory that the the, the former you know, people know it as Detroit Assembly, um, uh, yeah, and cleaned the place up and built a different business uh, that is that employs a couple hundred people. Um, it's it's a different story, and and it is something that we need to kind of keep being mindful of um, that. Um, that there are other people who who came and, and slugged it out in the hard years, and now they're really thriving. This is the, and this now his Frank is sixty five. His his brother is the president. His his two children are vice presidents, and they're yeah. kind of in a succession plan. Uh, uh, so there's going to be a second generation. Also, just really interesting. Grant, uh, uh, Frank's uh, Venegas, Frank and Lauren Lauren Venegas's grandfather. Uh, emigrated from Mexico a hundred years ago, 1917, wow. to, to work uh, to I mean to follow the uh, five dollar a sure. week uh, Henry Ford wage trail to Detroit, and um, and worked in the Rouge plant for for uh, four decades. And then his son uh, Frank and Lauren's uh, father he, he he worked in the Rouge plant for four decades, um, mm. and Frank followed construction out to the uh, out to the excerpts of Livingston County in the 70s and. Uh, um, and then when he got that money and uh, got the business going and had a, had built a pretty big business uh, 16 years later, 
Um, Hank Aguera, the, the oh, former yes. Tigers pitcher mm-hmm. who, who ran Mexican Industries there on, right. on Rosa Parks, uh, uh, Hank, um, before he passed away, asked uh, Frank and some of these other uh, Hispanic businessmen to c- kind of carry on the torch in Mexican town and, and come down and, and, uh, and, Detroit and, and bring story, their business. Chad. And it's we can a great read all story. about it in Crane's Detroit read Business. Read all about it in Crane's Detroit Business. Chad Livingood, thank you again for joining us this morning. We got to get to a break. We'll be back Thanks, in a few minutes with more of the Nolan Finley Show on the 910 AM Superstation.